0: when I got into skincare in my 20s, Reddit was the perfect way to do that through the subreddit skincare addiction, Asian beauty, DIY beauty, which I was actually a moderator for for a number of years, learning about that very sort of scientific bent of skincare, which wasn't really present in most of these skincare communities on the internet. So. I dove deep into those communities and learned as much as I possibly could. And then as I was doing my own research as a consumer, sharing that research with the community and trying to give back in a really earnest way.
1: This is a podcast about digital and e-commerce. So you already know I'm a big fan of the interwebs. It's a portal and a tool to give you direct access to consumers, information, and communication unlike anything that's ever existed before. And if you're living here in 2022 and expecting to thrive as a business owner, you better be tapping into every possible resource the internet has to offer. Allie Reed has known that for more than a decade and her company, Stradia Skincare, got its start in large part thanks to the wealth of beauty and skincare knowledge Allie tapped into to turn an interest into a side hustle and then grow it into a multi-million-dollar brand. On the episode today, Allie and I talked about how she turned her hours on Reddit into a brand that keeps growing. And we talked about all the ways to attract customers, differentiate yourself, and what it takes to educate the consumer beyond just knowing what your brand is, but also what it stands for and how it operates. Really quick, I want to say thank you, thank you to our awesome sponsor, Salesforce Commerce Cloud. And I'm going to allow them to give you the inside scoop into some of the findings from their most recent state of commerce report.
2: Hi, this is John from Salesforce. Did you know that companies of all sizes and industries power their digital customer journeys with Commerce Cloud? Salesforce Commerce Cloud delivers B2B and B2C commerce, as well as order management around the globe. And with Commerce Cloud, you can engage with your customers anywhere and personalize interactions everywhere. Scale and innovate with ease and drive some serious growth for your business. And speaking of innovation, we recently surveyed nearly 1,400 commerce leaders and analyzed the consumer shopping and business buying behavior of more than 1 billion customers worldwide. And we uncovered emerging trends that will influence how companies can be successful and stay ahead in this ever-evolving landscape. To check out the trends we discovered, go to sfdc.co slash commerce insights. That's sfdc.co slash commerce insights, one word.
1: Before we dive into this episode, I was hoping you could please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It helps spread the word about the show, and I would really love it. So please let me know how I'm doing and give me a rating, give me a review, let us know. All right, enjoy the episode. Welcome to Up Next in Commerce. This is Stephanie Postles, your host and the CEO at mission.org. Today on the show, we have Allie Reed, who's the CEO of Stradia. Allie, welcome to the show.
0: Hi, thank you for
1: having me. Yeah, I'm super stoked. I've obviously been using your products and have recently become obsessed. And so when I saw you on the roster today, I was like, oh, finally, I get to figure out how she did it and how she uh, met my exact needs of what I've been looking for for a long time.
0: Well, thank you. It was for you specifically.
1: (laughs) Just for me. Yeah. I mean, let's just start with what is Stradi as if people even know what I'm talking about and why I'm so excited (laughs)
0: Strade is a skincare company. Um, we focus on really scientifically backed, obsessively researched products that give your skin exactly what it needs and nothing else.
1: Yep. Okay. Great one-liner. Love that. How did you get into this? I mean, is skincare your background or how did you know this was like the thing you wanted to do?
0: I never knew this was the thing I wanted to do. I just ended up doing it. Okay. So I've, I've always been a science person, I will say. And over the years, wanted to be a paleontologist and then, a you know, astrophysicist and, you know, it just kind of changed over the years, but I didn't get into skincare, makeup, fashion, anything until I was in my twenties. And so skincare really hooked me in particular, because I think of, you know, makeup is art. It washes off at the end of the day. Skincare is science in that it actually can interact with and change a living organ, you know, with your skin. So I was really drawn to that. I wanted to know everything I possibly could about how the skin works on a biological level, how skincare is formulated on a chemical level, um, how the two interact, you know, what can I even expect my skincare to do? The wonders of the internet, you know, that you can, you can teach yourself anything. So, you know, reading dermatology journals, empiric studies, you know, the, uh, the American Dermatology Association has a self-teaching module on their website that I highly recommend. So just kind of tried to learn everything I possibly could about skin and skincare using the wonders of the internet.
1: Yeah. Okay. So it's one thing to research because I'm like, I'm a researcher. just not like that. I'm like, okay, what are my three things I should do every night? Retinol, you know, maybe like a nighttime cream. That's my level of researching where I'm just like, I'm a best hit type of person. So when did you know, like, this is something I want to know about personally. Now I'm going to start a company. Like, when was that point?
0: It was all really gradual. Um, so at first it was just research trying to figure out my own skincare routine to like shop for skincare better. But everything that's available on the market, you're basically only getting what the marketing department <laughs> trickles through Of in terms of like actually actual information of the ingredients that are in it, the quality of those ingredients, how it's formulated. So at a certain point, I was getting all this great research and not knowing how to apply it to the products I was buying. So I figured, cut out the middleman and just make my own products. So I could, you know, be sure that if I'm, you know, reading about a specific formula, I can make sure I've got the same vehicle formula, I've got the right ingredient percentages, the right delivery vehicles. So I started just formulating skincare for myself. Took over my kitchen, which my husband was not super thrilled with, um, and you know, tapped on my chemistry background to build a little mobile chem lab. And so I started formulating products for myself. And then at a certain point, I had a couple of formulas I was really proud of that worked really well for me. And I figured I'd just start a little side hustle, sell a few bottles a week and ship them on the weekends on the side of my full-time job.
1: Okay. Side hustle. When did the vitamin C serum come into play? Because that is magical. And that liquid gold. Cream you have also magical. So I'm like, what where, where were these in the product lifestyle cycle? Because if that was a one-hit wonder, I'm very jealous of <laughs> seeing that and building that right away. Yeah. So
0: liquid gold was one of my first two products that I launched with along with Rewind. I knew it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's a classic. That's the OG. Um and C plus C was more recent that came out in
1: 2019. Okay. So it started as a side hustle. You were investing your money, getting the ingredients, testing on your skin. Was there ever a point where you were testing something and you're like, that is not a good product to use now. I know better. More
0: often than not,
1: that's what yeah. happens.
0: I mean, C++ you pulled out, that went through 60 or 70 prototypes before I got the right formula. So I had 59 to 69 failures <laughs> before I got there.
1: That should have been called on the back, like the 70th, 70th attempt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay, so side hustle, when did you start knowing like this can be something that others want? My friends might want it. I can sell this thing. Like, what did that look like?
0: Yeah. I mean, when I'm formulating for myself, formulating it for other people was not that big a hurdle for launch day. I made a whopping eight bottles of liquid gold. So it wasn't like I suddenly needed to scale up and be ordering tens of thousands of units. So it really was just like the equivalent of like an Etsy store. And so that's what I had conceived. And I didn't, do anything other than that, basically. And it just, it was, so everything for the first three years with the company was all organic. It was just people trying it, liking it, telling their friends, posting about it, you know, that, that, so there was no attempts to <laughs> gain sales on my end other than just making good products.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. And then what? Cause I know what the story looks like. I'm looking at these revenue numbers in 2019, where you went. I'm like, okay, what happened after that?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it just took off organically in such a crazy way where I was still at my full-time job. It got to a point within just a few months where I would go to work for eight hours, come home, work on Stradia for eight hours and then sleep. And then Stradia, wake up to go to bed on every day for the weekends. And so, and that's really not an exaggeration. And so, I knew that I would need to leave my job. Eventually I kept setting myself goals of like, when I'm making X dollars a day with Sproutia, then I can quit. And then I'd get there and be like, well, maybe that's not enough. Maybe it needs to be a little higher. <laughs> and so I was just uh-huh. really scared, but it got to the point where I was like, I literally can't do another day. I left my job a month before my 401k vested because I just could not make it another month, oh my gosh. but it worked out okay in the end. And so that was about a year after I launched the company that I had to take Stradia full-time.
1: That's awesome. So what did it feel like the, you know, leaving you know the security there and also leaving behind that 401k investment? I mean, I've done the same when I left Google. There's all these stock options. Like they're like, oh, if you stay till this date, you get granted this. And if you stay an extra year, you get this. And it's so tempting to look at those and be like, oh, I'm gonna lose out on however many thousands of dollars if I leave one day earlier than this to then just be like, I'm out. So like, what was the thought process behind that? Or how did you feel?
0: I was just trying to get through one more day, get through yeah. one more day. And then it got to a point where I was like, Nope, that was the last day I can possibly get through, you know? And so I think honestly it was a lack of planning on my part. If I would metered out my energy a little better, I might've made it that final month, but I just kept yeah. pushing and pushing. And I'm I'm always a person who has had at least one job, usually more than one. And so It felt very strange to suddenly be like to to stare down the barrel of at least what felt like at the time of unemployment. Obviously, it wasn't unemployment because I was still working 80 hours a week, but to not be, you know, taking home a paycheck every other week, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a big mindset shift going to have your own company and being like, I actually don't know if money will come in next week. It'll only come in if I get to work. So, what did that plan look like? I mean, did you, you know, have this whole, Idea of like okay, here's what I can do now that I have many hours back to just work on Stradia.
0: Yeah, honestly, at that point, I was already working so many hours on Stradia, just sort of keeping up with producing product, shipping it out. At that point, I was still even shipping out directly to each customer who ordered. like from your house. Yep, yeah, made it made product in the kitchen, shipped out from the second bedroom. That was kind of the the plan, and I'm you know not a marketer. I'm not a salesperson at all. And so the plan was really just keeping up with the demand that was already there.
1: Got it. So I want to jump over to talking about Reddit a bit because Reddit is always something that I'm very bullish on. I feel like there's so many business ideas in there. You can really find a lot of true fans. There was all these articles about the unbundling of Reddit and how, you know, each big group can essentially turn into like 10 different businesses. And they're pointing to like 10 different businesses that basically stemmed from kind of like reddit communities and So i've always been very fascinated in this topic and you know i know that reddit has a big piece to your company and spreading and i want to hear the story behind you know how you tapped into reddit's full potential to spread the word about your company
0: yeah, and I love Reddit. I love talking about Reddit. And at the same time, I want to say that like I don't have a lot of I, I can't give a guidebook on how to utilize Reddit because it all kind of happened by accident. Mm-hmm.
1: That's the best kind of stories. Right.
0: <laughs> so I, I've i been a Redditor for uh, 15 years. I don't know how long Reddit's been around, but if I over a
1: decade. Oh wow. You're an OG, Allie. <laughs> yeah.
0: And it's just always kind of been the social media platform that I gravitate to the most, um, you know, I'm not a visual person. I can't take a good photo to save my life, but I like writing. I like learning. I like doing really obsessive deep dives into research and that's the right platform for that. So I've always been active in a bunch of different subreddits. And then when I got into skincare in my twenties, Reddit was the perfect way to do that. So, you know, through the subreddits skincare addiction, Asian beauty, um, DIY beauty, which I was actually a moderator for for a number of years. Learning about that very sort of scientific bent of, of skincare, which wasn't really present in most of these skincare communities on the internet. So I dove deep into those communities and learned as much as I possibly could. And then, you know, as I was doing my own research as a consumer, sharing that research with the community and trying to get back in a really earnest way of, you know, just the long before i even conceived of Stradia, just being an active and contributing member of of those Reddit communities and kind of got a little bit of a following for the research I was doing for the, you know, sort of science communication that I was putting together there and on my blog. And so when I launched Stradia, you know, it wasn't that Reddit was in any way a marketing plan. It was that Stradia wouldn't have ever come into existence without what I had learned on Reddit without the support of that community to continue to research and to bounce ideas off of each other. So it really, it really did come whole cloth out of that Reddit
1: experience. So when you launched the company, did you post it on those forums to get feedback or like, what did it actually look like? Because to me, Reddit, you have to be so authentic. And not salesy. And I mean, there's a lot of ways people will be like, oh, go away. I don't even want to look at your post and downvote you or whatever. So like, how did you do that in a way that actually connected with potential customers?
0: I actually didn't even post about Stradi on Reddit. I, you know, I had gathered through Reddit, I had a blog name is the Asset Queen, and that was my handle on Reddit as well. And so through sharing that research and referencing my blog over time, before, you know, the blog wasn't monetized. So I, you know, you're right, Reddit hates being sold to and they can smell it marketing from a mile away. And so you just, I I think the best route is to abandon any idea that you're going to go in and to be able to like post a link to your, to your blog or to your site and and get a bunch of sales that way. It means it does need to be a really authentic engagement. And so I know that that's what I have appreciated as a Redditor. That's how I engage with people. And so knowing, knowing what, you know, just kind of treating the community the way I have, appreciated being treated. So I'd gotten that following from my blog and then I announced it on my blog. I don't think I even mentioned it on Reddit, but because I was pulling from a Reddit community to begin with, a lot of the initial people who tried it out posted their reviews on skincare addiction and on on Asian beauty and did really super deep in-depth reviews that were incredibly helpful for for spreading the word.
1: Got it. Okay. So essentially you have your blog that you had a lot of people from Reddit who found out about your blog and subscribed there. And so then when you published on your website, like, Hey, I have a new product, they basically went back to Reddit and talked about it organically. Was there any convincing of people to be like, Hey, can you like go over there and uh, mention my product or talk about it? Or it was just all organic. And did you interact with that content when they did it? Were you like, hi, it's me, Allie. That's my company.
0: I didn't, I did not do any, I did not ask anyone to review. I did not give away free product for review. I you know, I, I was just i was so indoctrinated in the Reddit cult at that point that like I wanted to do, be as upfront and Reddit is a wonderful tool. And it is also terrifying when they yeah. sense weakness, they will go for the jugular. <laughs> and so I did not want to have any fractures in my story of like, if somebody finds out that I this person who posted a review was actually my best friend. Yeah. That can tear the legs out from a company before it gets started. So I, you know, wanted to make sure that that I was being as authentic as I appeared to be, you know. So I really I didn't do anything to chase reviews. It really was that I had shared so much about the research over the years that had led up to Stradia launching that people knew exactly where I was coming from, exactly what went into it, and then were just curious about what happened. And so they tried it out and then they liked the product.
1: Yep. That's awesome. So when thinking about that, I mean, now with new people coming on to the Reddit forums, like how do you engage now? Because I'm trying to think about like, can brands play well on Reddit? Like what are some of the best practices for someone who maybe hasn't been on there for 15 years, you know, showing research and findings and like, what could that look like for a company who's like, well, I want to play in the area. I know there's customers there, but I also don't want to sell. And, you know, I don't want them going for my jugular per se. So... Like what what could a brand be doing?
0: I think I have not begun to figure out how to use Reddit as as a sales channel. And I don't know that uh, an easy way really exists, but there are some really powerful ways to utilize Reddit. I think primarily as market research. It is a really smart, thoughtful, eloquent audience who can give really interesting insights to what they're looking for, what they want and don't want out of a product, that kind of thing. And I think... It can also be a really good customer service and community building site to just, you know, if people post about your products, if post about problems they had with your products to go in there and really genuinely try to create a conversation in a way that is much more personal um, and proactive. So I think it can be, obviously those are like sort of longer term plays that aren't gonna necessarily generate ROI. But I think the downside of people hate being sold to can also be an upside of people are there really authentically. And so you can really tap into all of these really interesting insights that your customer base and your potential customer base have.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, whenever I look at Reddit, I think it can either, you know, you can find like a really good diamond that can like accelerate your business, your thoughts, or you can find a really bad idea that takes you like the complete wrong way. And it's from someone pretending to know something and you're like, I'm going to go invest in whatever. And it's like, no, you probably shouldn't have listened to that person because <laughs> they seem so confident on both sides. Yeah, oh, the person man. who's completely wrong and the person who's like really smart, like the one who's usually the most wrong seems the most confident.
0: The more over the the past decade that I have learned about skin and skincare and formulation, the more I've gone into skincare addiction and seen posts and been like, oh no, that's not <laughs> it at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I want to ask. Like, what are maybe some, you know, different recommendations? They can either be like funny ones where you're like, that's just not a good idea or good ones that you actually implemented from kind of using Reddit as like an R&D area?
0: I think the good parts of the way Reddit approaches skincare is that in a lot of ways, it can really be um, brand and product agnostic. It really is about finding out what works for your skin, finding out sort of the commonalities between skin and figuring out the unique differences So, so much of what I have learned about skincare, about active ingredients, about, you know, putting together a routine i learned from Reddit, but I think they take that way too far a lot of the time. And it'll be like, you need to apply your AHA and then wait 10.2 minutes or else it will go out of the pH range at which it's PKA value. And like, it's like, no, it's not actually that serious.
1: Yeah. I give up if it is. (laughs) I'll just be old and wrinkly. I guess I'll be okay with that. Yeah. Hey there, are you enjoying the show so far? Well, imagine your company's advertising placed right in this very spot during a future interview with another elite e-commerce mind. Imagine your messaging and logo directly connected to the industry's most prominent innovators and thought leaders, distributed across every major podcast platform and social network. Yeah, well, it's time to stop imagining. Learn how you can partner with Upnext in Commerce and sponsor this very show. Reach out to me at, stephanie at mission.org and let's have a conversation. Is there kind of like a universal skincare routine where you're like, if most people just did this, this is like pretty good for like, you know, for people who don't want to do too much. If they were like, I don't want to learn my skin. I don't want to learn, you know, any personalization. Like if I just want something basic, what would you tell them to do?
0: I think any, the most basic skincare routine has three products. It has cleanser, moisturizer, and sunscreen. Sunscreen, you just need because that's the only skincare product that if you don't use, it could kill you. So it's really the only necessity that you need. Cleanser, essentially to wash off the sunscreen at the end of the day. And then moisturizer to replace the moisture that your skin loses from cleansing. So it really is like, you
1: need a sunscreen,
0: therefore you need a cleanser, therefore you need a moisturizer.
1: Got it. Okay. And then now what you're the expert, I want to hear what, what do you do? Your skin looks great. Tell me the secrets. Thank
0: you. Um, I use, believe it or not, a lot of Stradia products.
1: What? I never would have guessed.
0: <laughs> and I think a lot of it is also about finding what works for your unique skin because there you know, there's such a huge variety. So I have extremely dry skin, which means I don't use a cleanser in the morning. I just rinse my face with water because all that's happened between my skin routine the previous night and that morning is that, you know, My pillowcase has touched my face. So I don't really need to cleanse. just, you know, rinse with water until last night's products have washed off. And then
1: I use our vitamin C serum. So good people. I'm not lying. It's so good and soft and creamy. Sorry, Kim. I'm so (laughs) glad. That was definitely the
0: hardest product to formulate so far. So I'm glad it worked out.
1: Well, I'm glad you uh, took it past the finish line because every time I put it on, I'm like, oh, this is magical.
0: (laughs) Um, Then I use Rewind, which is our vitamin serum fortify our facial oil. And then I actually use a non-Stradium moisturizer for now, a Belief Moisturizing Balm, because liquid gold is, I formulated it so that all skin types could use it. So I made it lighter, like sort of a lighter texture so that people with very oily skin can use it, which means it's not quite enough as a standalone moisturizer for me. So use that. And then I use the L2MD SPF 46 sunscreen, which if you are trying to find a sunscreen that doesn't, feel really greasy, doesn't smell like a beach, you know, whatever. I think that's just a great one to start with. It works so well for so many people. It's great for sensitive skin too. So i recommend it. Then in the evening, cleanse with all the cleansing milk. And then I do Rewind and Fortify again, my, my favorite duo. I use Curology for their tretinoin formula, which is the, a prescription grade retinoid. And then my favorite night mask, like sleeping mask is liquid gold mixed with aquaphor, which sounds disgusting, but it is
1: delightful. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Wow. Okay. How long are you keeping that on for? I
0: just put that on before I go to bed and then rinse it off in the morning.
1: Oh, got it. Got it. Oh, I like that. I feel like now it's going to turn into a whole skincare episode and I'm here for it. What do you think about humidifiers? Because we just had on a company called Canopy and they're basically, they have these new humidifiers, but they're all around beauty. I guess it's also good for health and all that, but it's around like skincare. And, you know, if you have a certain level of moisture in the air at home, your face is going to look better and they don't have water at the bottom. So like, what do you think about companies like that and having humidifiers around?
0: Yeah, I think it's one of those things where I think some people won't see any real benefit from it because their skin doesn't need that. And some people will see massive benefit from it because their skin does. But I mean, I think we all know you know, from experience, like your skin dries out in the winter because colder air can hold less moisture. So there's less moisture around. So, you know, if you're, if you do tend to get dry, flaky, you know, uncomfortable skin, then I think a humidifier can be a great option.
1: Thank you for answering all my beauty questions. Always, I can get back into commerce now, I guess. When did you move to a point where you were doing, you know, paid advertising and, you know, really trying to find new customers who were not maybe the most like avid beauty people, but just like, you know, the everyday person who's like, yeah, I need a good moisturizer. I want a good routine. How did you start attracting them?
0: So that was in 2019, 2019, I think of as my like laying foundations here. Um, I scaled up our manufacturing quite a lot so that I could actually keep up with demand and get to a point where you know, the previous three years, I'd just been like desperately trying to keep up with this runaway train. And so at that point, I finally got my feet under me. We had the capacity to start pursuing some growth. And I have already said in this podcast how bad I am at sales and marketing. So um one of my first hires, she's the fourth person on the team, our Mark- director of marketing and strategy, who's been with me for two and a half years, almost three but she built the marketing department from the ground up. So she figured out, you know, and it's been just a lot of like testing things in small ways and seeing what works and what doesn't because, you know, we've been, we were bootstrapped and so we weren't, didn't have anyone else's money to play with. So we had to do things in pretty small ways, see what the ROI was on it and then readjust really quickly.
1: So what were some of the things that she wanted to implement, you know, within the first couple months of being there? Like when she came in and she's like, oh, we need to have these three things, was there anything that was like top priority for you all to implement? Yeah. So,
0: I mean, the first thing she did was really like build a brand book and kind of lay, again, lay foundations for the growth of the marketing department. You know, email, I collected emails for an email list that once a year I would send a plain text email saying, our Black Friday sale is happening, go buy stuff. And like, that was the extent that I was utilizing our email list. So, you know, she set that in motion. She got our paid social advertising off the ground, set up Google stuff, you know, she's done 1 billion things.
1: But I think there
0: was some fruit that was so absurdly low hanging that it was like, why weren't you already doing this? That was the the easy stuff off the ground.
1: And how quickly did you see results from her starting to implement these things? Was it right away or what did that look like?
0: No, it, it does have a little bit of a ramp up. I think because it's tough to sell skincare online. You know, if you're selling clothing, you can see how pretty it looks and how great it looks on the model and the way it moves and be, you know, or, you know, want to buy it right then, but there's less of a visual component to skincare. So it's a lot harder to figure out if it's going to work for you. So I think a lot of it, you know, it's, it's a several touch process of, you know, awareness and then learning a little bit about the product and why it might work. And, you know, we really lean heavily on authentic UGC and customer reviews and things, you know, so that very much a don't take our word for it kind of thing. But it really does take a while to to convert a customer to skincare. It, it helps that we have such affordable price points. Um, so it's much less of a risk, but it is still, you know, it,
1: it, takes, a, it takes a little bit. Now, I'm imagining just even trying to compete in the beauty industry and in skincare industry. I mean, how do you, I know you mentioned before that, you know, you're positioned to try and counter fads. And to me, you look around every day and there's something new that you should be doing, something new you should put on your skin, a new way to think about the product, things that shouldn't be in it, they should be in it. There's a lot of probably misconceptions that, you know, are not completely accurate. So how do you go about tackling that while also still staying focused on creating great products? Yeah.
0: I think that the way that Stradia differentiates itself is it's focus on science, on research. I have tried to use my lack of skill at marketing as a real strength, that this is, I'm not trying to sell you something. I'm trying to share the research I've done, the knowledge I have. You know, it's it's impossible to talk about all this without talking about clean beauty, which, you know, I always use with verbal air quotes because there's no definition of what clean beauty is. You know, if you define clean beauty as using ingredients that are not harmful to you, then absolutely we're clean, but we use parabens because parabens are the best researched, least harmful preservative out there. And it is just a very bad rap that they have. And so one thing that I think has become a big part of clean beauty is describing what you're not. You are yeah, We are X free. We are, we don't use, you know, we've got this long list of thousands of ingredients that we don't use. And that has become the marketing pitch. And so any new ingredient you can add, you can be the first to add to your, we don't use this list becomes its own marketing play, which is not helpful. It ends up making so that you can't really make good effective products. You can just make products that don't have a bunch of stuff in it. So being really transparent about what we use, why we use it, and countering the trend of like using parabens, using silicones, using all sorts of things that are like, if we can show that they are actually research, third-party research, really reliable research has shown that they're completely safe when used on the skin. And we can also share that education. We can help to create better informed skincare consumers overall. I think that helps differentiate us from the thousands of quote unquote clean beauty brands out there.
1: Yeah. What are some other buzzwords in clean beauty that you're like, you should ignore that? Because I've seen all, that whole list of no's and I'm like, one of these days it's going to be like no water. And people will be like, yes, finally, no water in my products anymore. Exactly. So what are some other buzzwords? <laughs> yeah.
0: Dihydrogen monoxide is a silent killer. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. So I think honestly, anything free, there are certain like no animal cruelty or vegan or things that are sort of a moral or, or ethical stance. Absolutely. More power to you if it's but if it's ingredient free and it's not a moral or ethical stance some people don't want to use petroleum based products because of the new sort of supply chain involved in that for environmental concerns again totally fine but if it really is about how it impacts your own skin and health. There is nothing that is being put in skincare products these days that is going to hurt you, really. Mm-hmm. You know, there are things like fragrance is a common allergen, but if you're not allergic to fragrance, there's nothing wrong with using it. At Stradia, we don't use fragrance just because we want to be able to be used by as many people as possible. And since it is such a common allergen, we avoid it. But most people can use fragrance just fine. I think the thing that gets misconstrued the most often about ingredients, sort of negative ingredients in skincare, is that we need to differentiate between how that ingredient is getting onto or into your body in those studies. So pretty much every study that shows that an ingredient has a negative effect, it's either being ingested or injected into usually a mouse or a rat. When when you eat something or inject it into your bloodstream, the point is to integrate that into your biological processes. That's the whole point of eating something or injecting it. When you put it on your skin, your skin's whole point is to keep the outsides out and the insides in. So if you put something on your skin, there aren't even any blood vessels that go to the epidermis. Like it's imagine how much easier it would be to give your kid cough syrup. If you could just rub the cough syrup on their throat, like that's not how it works. It doesn't get into your body that
1: way. So. And that's what, skincare, I feel like says it's like, oh, your you know, skin is the biggest organ or something. And like whatever you put on your skin is going to be inside of you. I've never heard your take on this, which I kind of appreciate because I'm like, I have kids. Yeah, that's so true. If it could just suck it right in, everyone would be doing that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I think there are a lot of points like that, that make it easier to sell skincare. If I say, if I tap into that, you know, really understandable fear that people have about doing harming their own health or the health of their loved ones. And I can tap into that and say everything you put on your body ends up in your bloodstream. So use our product because it's all edible or whatever, you know, that helps me sell my product, but it is also fake. It's false. It's insincere and it's sowing fear, which I don't think the world needs more of.
1: So then, When it comes to educating consumers, I mean, how do you think about doing that in a way that they'll connect with that isn't maybe so in the weeds? Because to me, this stuff like that has just been one liners that I think beauty companies have had where it's like, oh, yeah, and then people are just spouting it off. Like, it's been such easy things to remember. So how do you go about actually educating a customer of like, that's wrong and here's why, but not getting too deep?
0: That's the struggle. And it's the not getting too deep part, but I really struggle with.
1: I mean, you've been on Reddit for 15 years. You got a lot of things to pull up into your uh, arsenal. So, right.
0: Yeah. I mean, my blog was often like 5,000 word screeds about <laughs> pH and skincare. So mm-hmm. keeping it concise is a struggle of mine. I've also, I've always had a dream of like, did you ever watch uh, Good Eats with Alton Brown back in yeah, the day? Yeah. Yeah, I want to do that, but with skincare, you know, that I think he has a way of making the science of cooking so accessible and so fun, but still really sort of scientifically sound and authentic. And I would love to do that. I would love to make the science of skincare really relatable and accessible.
1: Oh, that'd be cool. I mean, it's kind of like what, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is doing too, with her goop series of, you know, she's taking a different topic each episode and kind of doing just that too like here's the misconceptions around it. Here's what it actually is. And mm-hmm. that'd be cool. And branded content's where it's at these days. So yeah, like you should jump into that. So when building up Stradia, getting it off the ground, what were some of the biggest challenges you faced or maybe the biggest surprises when you know your company was like taking off and making lots of money and you're like, oh, oh, I didn't expect this.
0: I mean, I, my entrepreneurial journey has just been like every day, like blindly walk face first into a wall and then like, okay, cool. I know that the wall's (laughs) there now. I love that. (laughs) It's just been that all over and over. I think, you know, especially given that we manufacture in-house and sort of have all of our operations under one roof, I have no manufacturing experience outside of Stradia. So figuring that all out from scratch was an enormous challenge. And then figuring out marketing in general, you know, like, It's not something I have any background in. It's not something that was part of Stradia's history for, you know, over half of our life. And so figuring out, going from the product sales itself to, okay, but how do we reach the people who aren't reading my blog? You know, um,
1: that has been
0: an enormous challenge and a really fun and rewarding one, but a huge challenge nonetheless.
1: So when thinking ahead, what are some... New products that you all are experimenting with or hoping to launch?
0: I learned the hard way that I do not share products until they are ready to launch because I started talking about years ago. I'm working on a vitamin C serum, and then it took me a year and a half, and people got very mad at me because they really (laughs) wanted this vitamin C serum. So I'm working on a lot of fun products right now.
1: I would say. Well, we can change the question then so you do not get a bunch of uh, hate mail, which I totally get that. I'd be bad too if you told me you're working on that and I knew the potential and you didn't release it. So then what are you most excited about over the next couple of years just around your company in general?
0: I am so happy that we are scaling now to the point where I can focus less on the day-to-day putting out of fires and demand planning and you know the roof is leaking and more focused on the things that I love and that I think are my unique strengths that I can offer for the company, which are research and development, developing new products, being at the lab bench is my favorite place in the world, and customer education, you know, talking about skincare, creating, I would love to create, you know, that Stradia can be an education hub, even for people who aren't buying Stradia products. That's my dream.
1: Yeah. Isn't it so nice when you can kind of move into that role? Because I think most people get burned out in that first couple years where it's like, okay, I don't want to be like, when you have your own company, you're like, well, I don't want to be doing all these things. Like I'm not enjoying this. And it's like, once you get past that tipping point where it's like, oh wait, now I can hire. I have people who are better than me in a lot of these areas. Now I don't have to do all those things. I can kind of go back to my roots. Isn't that such a nice place to be in? Oh
0: my God. It's so great. I
1: love that. Well, Allie, thank you so much for coming on the show, sharing your knowledge. It's been really fun hearing all about Stradia. I'm telling you guys, if you haven't tried it yet, go out there and do it because my life has been changed since then. So where can people learn more about you and Stradia?
0: We are a direct consumer, so you can find us on our website, StradiaSkin.com, S-T-R-A-T-I-A-S-K-I-N, which is also our handle across all social media.
1: Amazing. Thanks so much. Thanks. Listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word, and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you for checking out another epic hour of business insights and inspiration on the Up Next in Commerce podcast. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in partnering with us to bring your brand to a growing audience of e-commerce experts, reach out to me at stephaniemission.org at to get the conversation started.